You did it. You came back for episode two. I'm so <laughs> relieved. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the Space Biff Book Space. That's the best intro I've ever heard, Brock. <laughs> uh, my name is Brock Polson. With me, as always, is a woman whose initials I would never get wrong, not even for a joke. <laughs> Somerset Winter's Throw. Say hi. Hi, I'm here. No relation. Uh, Ever at her side, loyal and excitable and stepping on his own ears like a basset hound, Dan Thoreau. (laughs) My ears are big. (laughs) I can see them growing that long. Like a bat. Yeah. So, uh, hey guys, this time uh, we will be discussing The Three-Body Problem by Liu Tsushin. Good job. That was a great pronunciation. And I, you know, I... I watched a YouTube video. I did a little studying. I wanted to get it right this time. Uh, so, be warned, this episode is going to spoil the whole darn thing. Correct. Uh, from, from tip to tail, front to back, from goose to gander. <laughs> We're going to spoil it all. Now you know a lot of terms for this. Yeah, th- uh, but f- first, why don't we talk about some things that aren't spoilers? Okay, Brock, I've prepared some wrong spoilers. Oh, I love it. The first one. The three-body problem is the most optimistic outcome of the Fermi paradox. (laughs) (laughs) The most. That will make more sense. (laughs) If our readers have read about the Fermi paradox. (laughs) We're going to talk about it. Next. Next. Spoiler. Oh, (laughs) discussion spoiler. Somerset (laughs) mentioned that. Um, Second wrong spoiler. You get to see the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> that might They're be scary looking. <laughs> and lastly, what happens when one consciousness sharing three cloned bodies is tasked with caring for a baby? It's the three body problem. <laughs> <laughs> three bodies and a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. That's okay. all. All right. That was the Long hardest spoilers. thing I've ever had to prepare. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you you did it. You did it wonderfully. Uh, now, Dan, why don't you uh, why don't you uh, serious things up a little bit here, and tell us what this book is really about? Oh man, I got to get into the zone for this. Uh, just a disclaimer for our readers: I am not going to try to pronounce anything correctly. It's like Latin. You'll just do it in your own accent. That's correct. When I read Latin, I just do it in uh, Mountain West drawl. Okay. <laughs> you all ready? We are ready. The three-body problem by that guy that Brock said. Say it again. Liu Nice. The three-body problem by him. <laughs> Ye Wenji is one of millions of Chinese to suffer under the Cultural Revolution. With the complicity of her sister and mother, her father is beaten to death before her eyes during a public shaming demonstration for failing to renounce physics. She is transferred to a deforestation project intended to produce farmland, though the ensuing soil erosion has been instead creating vast swaths of non-arable desert. She helps a reporter transcribe a book on environmentalism, but when his translation is discovered, he claims that she wrote it. She is transferred as a punishment to Radar Peak, a gigantic military radar dish installation that can magically kill flocks of birds as they fly past 
and she is informed that she will spend the rest of her life working there. Forget about that, because in the modern day, we're introduced to <laughs> Wang Miao, whose character trait is that he doesn't possess any character traits. <laughs> As a member of the Chinese scientific community, he is informed that leading scientists have been committing suicide under mysterious circumstances. Top government officials ask him to go undercover within a secret club, the Frontiers of Science, to figure out why. Wang is not interested in taking part in any spooky ghost stories, so he declines. Unfortunately for Wang, the spooky ghost story catches up to him while developing photofilm. In his pictures are numbers that seem to be counting down. He takes more pictures and more, but the numbers are still there, counting down. Nobody else's pictures are similarly possessed. Then the countdown appears in his vision right before his eyes and won't go away. Desperate, he speaks to some members of the Frontiers of Science, but they're all creepy, and they just tell him to quit his current science fair project, which is nanofilament wires for cutting ocean liners in half. <laughs> <laughs> That's, what they That's were a, invented it's a possible. For. Surely it's this possible detail use. won't be crucial later on. <laughs> When he goes to work and temporarily halts the project for a totally different reason he promises, the numbers disappear from his vision. Later, the entire universe punks Wang by flickering. <laughs> he starts to feel picked on. Like many millennials... <laughs> Ashton Kutcher runs out. Like many millennials, instead of facing his problems, Wang decides to play video games. <laughs> He chooses Three Body, which won the Hugo Award for Most Boring Game and consumes 200 pages of the book. <laughs> Three Body takes place on a planet with unstable ecological conditions that don't seem to adhere to any pattern, and seasons that switch between orderly and chaotic, and fifth seasons when everyone catches fire and dies. <laughs> Luckily, the inhabitants of the game can dehydrate into coin pouch form in order to survive. It's a trick that would have come in handy in the fifth season. Surprising nobody, Wang thinks this game is super cool. Every time he logs on, other players, or NPCs, it's never clear, have invented new theories or technologies to help explain the planet's wonky seasons. He meets Aristotle, a pope, Isaac Newton, and other bigwigs. They build a computer with yeah. everybody... What? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, and, and the Asian philosophers, too. Yes. Did you mention, like, Copernicus and stuff? No, well, he's, he's Copernicus. Or I mean, I mean... Uh, he logs in as right. Copernicus. Yeah, never mind, I forgot. Okay, so he meets some bigwigs. They build a computer with everybody standing in lines like living circuits and still can't figure out what's going on. Wang eventually proves that he's smarter than this game's version of Einstein by figuring out that this planet has three suns whose gravity fields compete for the orbit of the planet and sometimes a line, burning it up in the process. Because he's done so well at Three Body, which in retrospect is a bad title since it's the solution to the game's puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Who would have thunk? <laughs> uh, yeah. Wang is invited to some it. secret club meetings. There he meets Pan Han, one of the creepy frontiers of science guys. He tries to blow Wang's mind by revealing that the video game was real. Ender, I mean Wang, doesn't <laughs> seem bothered by this. 
more disturbing, this group this group hopes to help the Trisolarans. They're called that because they have three sons. It's super original. They hope to help them conquer Earth. They've splintered into two factions, one that hopes to coexist with the Trisolarans and one that wants to see humanity exterminated. The police kick down the door and arrest everyone, including Ye Wenji, who is revealed as one of the founders of this group. She reveals more of her past from Radar Peak. It turns out that the secret military project is partially intended to detect alien life. Despite this, her life is so boring that she marries a former student of her father's. Over time, Wenji uses science to transmit to potential aliens and receives a warning that the Trisolarans are a warlike species. Still bitter about that cultural revolution phase, she insists that they, have co- that they come and conquer Earth, since they can't possibly do a worse job than humans. Her husband finds out what she's done, so she drops him off a cliff. He becomes a ghost. I guess that's where Wang's ghost numbers came from, because I didn't <laughs> understand that part. <laughs> and if you think that's unbelievable, there's a hard-drinking cop investigating the scientist suicides who is inexplicably invited to every military meeting, even though he sasses all the generals. <laughs> Next, we switch to the Trisolaran point of view somehow. They've assembled a fleet to <laughs> conquer Earth but it will take 400 years before they arrive. In order to stall human scientific progress, the Trisolarans mess with the laws of reality to create the biggest ghosts of all, two quantum-entangled intelligent protons called sophons that have been messing with the human scientist science fair projects and tricking them into committing suicide. As is often the case, the mystery is so mundane once you know the truth. Wang and his sassy cop friend are now tasked with stopping the other evil scientist, Mike Evans, who's impossible to catch because he owns a boat. Fortunately, <laughs> Wang's science fair project is all about cutting boats in half, <laughs> so they rig the Panama Canal with invisible decapitation wire to murder any ship passing through. After a dozen innocent ships are chopped into confetti, <laughs> they finally wreck Mike Evans' boat and capture all his stuff that he's been using to speak with the aliens. The Trisolarans send one last message that tells humanity... Your bugs. <laughs> Which, because we don't know that the aliens aren't bugs, we don't know if it's an insult or a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be like a, they hey, us too. Like bugs. Even though... Let's hang out. Yeah. Even though she's doomed humanity to extinction, which makes her the biggest killer in human history, Ye Wenji is allowed to visit Radar Peak one last time. She looks at the sun and says cryptically, My sunset and sunset for humanity. But she read on a greeting card somewhere. What a bummer. The end. Oh, boy. That was gripping. That was a good synopsis. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Nicely done. I don't know if I understood the book. You really synopsized it. I think it. there were parts that didn't... I didn't read that part. <laughs> I, uh, I, think, I think you may have imagined a dozen other ships getting confettied. Oh, man. Well, how wouldn't yeah, that happen? It was just the one. They raised I, it up. I wondered the same thing. The, they put it up at a certain time. Okay. Was have you ever they seen Panama Canal? It. Those things are like going through like sausages in a factory. <laughs> you, well, that's not the only ma- boat that got chopped author, up. Our author must never have visited the, the Panama Canal. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that later from one of our reader comments. Oh, oh excellent. Uh-huh. Ooh. Forward to that. Auga. So, like not, not everyone enjoyed this book. <laughs> Uh, as much as we maybe did, or maybe not. Um, so we're going to hear from the naysayers in a second <laughs> nice. okay. that we like to call bad takes. Okay, so these are 
mostly pulled from from one star, you know, from negative reviews. I noticed this time around, Amazon is the place to go. Because <laughs> if you go to Goodreads, you know, those people, they kind of know what they're talking about. And they, you know, Goodreads they kind of have good, good reason, maybe, to, yeah. to dislike something. They don't just, uh, you know, they don't just throw around those one-star reviews. Yeah, they're all like, <laughs> Si Shin Liu didn't understand Foucauldian biopower. It is uh-huh. called good reads. Yeah, it's so. not dumb person reads. That's yeah. what Amazon right. used to be called. Yeah, that that was its much Before less the Bezos successful. got good at marketing. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so here's here's a, a sentence I want to... <laughs> Uh, I, I want to, to parse with you. Uh, I mean, the sentence is simple. Started okay, but <laughs> soon became tedious. Okay. Nice. Uh, okay is spelled O-K and then E with an accent like in Pokemon. <laughs> no. Is this, yeah, is this a... Uh, Fuck, don't be racist. That's Spanish. No. Okay. No, but it's, but I oh, think Italian. It's Italian. Okay. Uh, and I just, I wasn't sure if I was missing out on some cool teen lingo. So maybe it was uh, like, okay. Was there a you Y? Know, maybe this, no, there was no Y. Okay, E with an accent. Okay. Uh, and I wondered if this person just, that's how they learned it. They learned it in the Japanese style. Did you dox them? I, <laughs> I failed to dox them. You so you didn't no. hunt them down and find every opinion they've ever right, had. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, I did that a little bit with some other people, and and uh, but to no avail. Uh, oh, well. I didn't. I didn't dig up anything interesting. Okay, uh, so here's uh, here's one: flatness and boringness and sexist stuff. How much of that is accurate? Do you think? Wait, Wait that was the next review. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, <laughs> that was the next flatness. One-star review. Boringness. Flatness. Flat. And Flat, yes. Not fatness. Not fatness, no. Flat. Because I picture the cop being fat. Yeah. I picture them all just uh, just real handsome Asian men. What? Dressed really nice, uniforms. Have you ever yeah. met a Chinese scientist? It was a delight for my brain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did you meet a Chinese scientist? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, what, what do you think? I, I was struggling to recall sexist stuff but maybe I missed it well Ye Wenji talks about when she was at the you know at the satellite camp the her superiors were going to claim her scientific research yeah she, she uh, oh that's true but I mean yeah. that's just kind of like that's the culture of the time so it's not that's not really yes it's sexist but it's not like that's not what the book was trying to say you was would, good you would think that people who think that we're not sexist would be like super jazzed about China being sexist. <laughs> like you'd be like, yeah, they're sexist. We're not sexist. Right, right. <laughs> that doesn't happen in America. <laughs> only in China. Right. Uh, our, our competitors. Yeah, only in China did the scientists take over women's research and claim it as their own. Yeah, that Those wasn't jerks. In the United then States. You're like, <laughs> then you're like Ada Lovelace. <laughs> Slash hundreds of other Marie women Curie scientists. Slash all the women scientists that we cannot bring to memory. 
because yeah. their legacies have been erased. Yes. Easy ones. I uh, I'm I'm part of that Facebook group Mighty Girls, and I get like a post like every day or several posts a day on all these mighty women that were like scientists. And like you should remember this one. I'm like, oh, I had no idea that person existed, and it's awesome. But I still don't remember their names. It's terrible. Yeah, you got to start writing those down. I should keep a list <laughs> so I can bring them up. Uh, okay, uh, some more bad takes. This is an interesting couplet. Uh, so the first person said, "Could not understand a word." A physics major may enjoy this book. What? Uh, and then the the corresponding review: worst book I have ever read. I have a BS in applied physics and have been reading science fiction for over 40 years. So maybe a physics major wouldn't enjoy this book. <laughs> what? Um, I thought that was a funny pairing. I don't know any physics. Were they right after each other? Right, right next to each other? They were pretty, they were pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask uh, a question? Oh, yeah. Did you guys know what the three-body problem was before you read the book? Did you know it's a physics conundrum? I, I <laughs> no. had read about it. Mm-mm based on the title of the oh, okay. book. I had looked it up. Okay. Uh, no, but... It wasn't I, that dense. No, what, I, was I, there a single think, equation? Uh, no, I didn't have to solve anything. or. No, I mean, it was just talking about stuff that was supposed to be, like, pretty tricky, deep, scientific stuff. So, yeah, you're not going to understand it. And plus, how much of it was actually fictional? <laughs> Right? Quantum <laughs> well, like, entanglement is real, and that's really cool stuff. Right, yeah. Well, it is, but it doesn't... They don't know if it works. But um, they don't know if any meaningful information is transmitted. Right. But, well, like, the whole Sofon stuff, I was like, all right, well, we're just reading, like, fantasy now. I mean... Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe it's all real. And they're, we're going to have our sky taken over by blinking eyes. I mean, maybe it already has been. Whoa. And the earth is yeah. flat. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted that to be in there. Yeah, sofons <laughs> make it appear uh, curved. Indeed. Okay, <laughs> more bad uh, takes on here. Okay. Uh, last one I have. Quote, this is absolute rubbish. <laughs> it's a childish translation from Chinese to English. If you work hard at it, there's just about a good plot, but the translation is so poor, it's not worth the effort. Uh Ouch. So that one, well, I thought, it's, I mean, it's pretty harsh. How much do you think actually it was lost in the translation? I don't like the translation. I don't either. I think the prose is pretty bad. <clears throat> well, I've started reading the second book. Your bugs. And it is a lot <laughs> cleaner. <laughs> oh, good. I read That's that. A... Uh, I read that the third book is translated by this first translator again oh really mm-hmm. well i don't know if it tra- okay have you guys worked in translation it's no, hard thank you only you have oh um, yeah absolutely I mean, it's super hard so i'm not gonna be like this is the worst translation ever i've read plenty of bad <laughs> translations it's not like I, I mean and i think it's hard to say call something a bad translation when it's the first and only translation you know i mean sure well, yeah and we don't i mean maybe it's bad writing Maybe it's maybe the translation elevates it for all I know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's. I mean, it it is beloved in China, so. I you know. Who yeah, knows? but they're sexist. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. You can write to us your comments and criticisms <laughs> at the space. <laughs> 
<laughs> spacebibbookspace at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, send us those emails. Let us know how we did discussing the Chinese language. Dox us, China. And translations. Uh, no, but I, I think that uh, definitely something was lost uh, in the translation. I, I think, you know, even just the the way that you address other people when speaking Chinese tells a lot about the relationship between those people. Uh, and so maybe a lot of that uh, gets lost when you just translate it to English. That was That, that is actually one of my discussion points. Oh, good. Is that a good segue? Excellent. Should we start discussing? Yeah, you know, why don't we... Uh, yeah, we know I had a comment, but I'll just wait thought. to hear your discussion point. <clears throat> On this okay. same subject? Well, yeah, just like oh, about okay. the, the context, you know. So, um, do you think that reading this book as a native English speaker made it seem more alien? Because here we are talking about Chinese culture talking about the trisolarian culture and both of them are being you know the trisolarian culture is being translated into the chinese culture right. and then it's all being translated back into english so i mean i mean that whole that the uh, when the trisolarians like their last message to humanity is your bugs i mean i laughed out loud i was like oh that's right. funny she that's did. A, that's <laughs> i did uh, she did laugh out loud. The the opposite end of that, or I guess a, a counter example, when when the response comes back uh, saying "Do not answer," mm-hmm. um, that on that gave me a little bit of uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say chills, but I thought it was effective. Maybe mm-hmm. a jolt. Sure. I got I got a little jolt. Right? I was just like, oh, jolt. Maybe a surge. Yikes! Any other '90s colas? Monster. I don't know. Maybe a monster. Those are the only ones I know. Mountain Dew. Mountain, yeah, sure. Baja Blast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink colas. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I felt I felt like just the the overwhelming context of the cultural revolution informing everyone's decisions. Um you know, like I, I think I feel like an audience of Chinese speakers would have a lot better insights than I ever gained into what Ye Wenji was thinking. Um, like by the end, was she feeling regret or remorse, or was she just like, eh, "It's a thing I did." Like I, I almost feel like that, which was never communicated <clears throat> overtly, would have been more understood culturally. Because I, I wasn't sure what was going on in her head a lot of the time. And especially by the end. Right, yeah. Well, she was very good at distancing herself from from those things. I mean, from the trauma, the initial trauma, and then her decision to kill the the general and her husband. And, I mean, she dis- distanced herself pretty easily from those things. Yeah, I guess it's just by the like I understand her reasoning in a lot of those decisions. She's she's definitely a survivor. Mm-hmm. But then by the end, I mean, I, I just was I I wasn't firing on all cylinders with her. Um, but I mean that can be said for a lot of the characters with me, honestly. I mean, which to be fair, this is not a character study. This is the this is technology, right? This and is this an is, event, right? And it's about kind of this. 
uh, xenosociology about the Fermi paradox and about first contact and how fraught first meetings can be. So, I mean, it's not necessarily about the characters. Um, so, yeah, and there's not there's not really much effort to to spice up those characters to make it about the characters at all. The only one who was really distinct, I felt. Um, I mean, that's not fair. Uh, Wenji, I think, is pretty distinct. Yes. Um, but but the cop, <laughs> just because he's the only one who doesn't show immediate deference to everyone above him in their in their right. cultural structure, that he's just like he's a maverick. He's telling, yeah. I mean, this guy is like straight out of Kojak, Bing Bang, you know. But uh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so we've been throwing around this term, the Fermi paradox. Um, this book is a is a is a possible answer to the Fermi paradox. But let's talk about what that is, is, so that maybe all of our listeners and make sure we all understand what that is. Brock, can you explain what the Fermi paradox is? Yeah, I can. I can talk a little about that. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to jump in and. <clears throat> Uh, make make corrections or additions. So and when you're done, Fermi... and when you're done, let's play a game. Oh, don't and... tell us the game rules yet. Oh, okay. I want to know. The, <laughs> I want to know what he says. The Fermi paradox is then hear the rules of the game. Oh, okay. I'm so excited. Oh, I want to play a okay. game. Okay. High pressure. Okay. So the Fermi paradox, uh, I, I, as I understand it, is sort of the possible explanations for why we have not been contacted by extraterrestrial life. And there are several, uh, several explanations to that, you know, among them being simply that it doesn't exist uh, or simply that, you know, the, the Earth is unique. That's one of the explanations. <coughs> Another would be that uh, we, we are sort of isolated and no one wants to talk to us. And maybe that's another possible explanation. Um, so I think that's a probably a grand simplification of the Fermi paradox, but cool. Yeah. So there, I mean, it's basically saying that there are billions upon billions of stars out there. And that's just in the Milky Way galaxy. And then, I mean, beyond that, I mean, this is just one little galaxy in this universe and there's all of these stars and earth and the stars that we can see are just this teeny tiny little speck in the Milky Way galaxy, all the stars we can see is just this tiny little space. And so they, like scientists have come up with these theories about, you know, how many potential stars are out there that are like ours that could potentially have an Earth planet like ours. And our Earth is relatively new and young. Uh, you know, our part of the galaxy is is comparatively young to the yeah, rest of the, the to the rest arm. that um, there should be life intelligent life somewhere else in the galaxy so why haven't we heard anything so that's what sure. the you know, so you know it's like why haven't we right and a big part of it is is contact. exactly what you're saying is that youngness is that if so the the explosion of technology for us has been so rapid in recent years that we've basically <laughs> gone from um, from tribal to being able to go to space so rapidly on kind of that galactic timeline. So if other conscious species were like us, 
they could probably colonize the galaxy relatively rapidly. And when they say rapidly, they're like, ah, oh, you know, within a million years, you know, or something thir- like you know, within a few million years, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. and geologically, those, that's quite rapid. So, right. so why don't we see had, it? You know, those planets have had millions of years of a head start. Right. Yeah. So, so why don't we see anything? Right. <clears throat> so here's the game. What? Oh, oh boy. What is your favorite answer to the Fermi paradox? Oh my goodness! This is the best game. Oh, what a good game! Yeah. Okay. Dan, what's yours? Uh, oh, I have to go first. Oh, okay. Brock, what's I yours? I'll go first. Oh, uh, thank goodness. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of good ones in there. I think that the uh, the sort of super predator one is really interesting. Mm. That. <laughs> that you know resources are scarce and i mean essentially the super predator explanation is is the th- in the three body problem is that if you poke your head up you you get conquered and so can you get these, bit these large <laughs> these bit. large civilizations <laughs> yeah, that's right he's chinese <laughs> what if you were quoting um community with, uh, oh my gosh! Because <laughs> you accidentally quote Ken Jeong. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're gonna get bit with Ching. Yeah. Oh good. So you've got oh, some conscious Chinese racism going on. Nice. <laughs> Sorry. Please very continue, good. Brock. Let's Predator. cut off Brock uh, every Predator. time he has a great point. Oh no! Can, please continue. Okay, so, so Predator Theory is your favorite. That's a scary yeah, one. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the list and maybe there's not one that exactly lines up with that. Uh, maybe. Uh, well, no, that's a no. That is one. That's lack an explanation. Of, lack of resources. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I think that one is, I guess, from a well, lack of resources is part of that theory. It's right. It's that all. But that, I guess that's a different theory. right. That all conscious life will expand. In in almost a gaseous state, it will <laughs> expand to fill any available container. And therefore, we'll use we'll always need more resources because because they're finite. So your yep. best bet in a first contact situation is to kill your enemy. Yep, take their stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think that one. Uh, I mean, obviously, very scary. Uh, but Which it's four hundred years from now. Those predator movies are so good. <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. See, you, you told me the other day you've never I seen them. <laughs> they look so dumb. The first oh. one's pretty fun, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's <laughs> eh, all right. Okay, it's okay. Uh, who wants to go next? That's an alien. <clears throat> oh, what's your? I know, I know. It's oh, am next. I next? Yeah, go at your next. <sighs> okay, I love this discussion. My favorite. Okay, favorite or most believed. By you, it's you. It's your opinion. What do you? Well, I know, but there's the one that I think is what? the case, and then there's my favorite. Your favorite. Okay, so I don't have to say the one. I don't. I don't have to be serious. No. Okay. Why would anybody want that? <laughs> I have two very different <laughs> yeah. answers. Yeah, our last episode was much too somber. Let's get. <clears throat> okay, uh, let's can get I give both? Kind of a somber book. Okay. Go okay, I'll right give you ahead. my serious right. one first. You can share too. Seriously, I think that the I think space is too big. Yeah, that's that's what I think too. And and I know yeah. that people have say scientists say all sorts of cute stuff, 
where they're like, well, with current levels of technology and self-replicating von Neumann machines, we could totally colonize the entire galaxy within yada Gosh. yada. And I'm just like, that, okay. That is really cute when you say it like that. Prove it, buddy. <laughs> you can barely make, like, drones not fall down in my yard. So, when I pilot them. So, I don't know about that. So, that's that's seriously. I don't I don't think... I mean, so, I mean, there's just so many issues with transmitting even a self-replicating machine from here to the nearest star that we haven't surmounted. Um, Oh, yeah, it's absurd. You know, like, having to get through, you know, you get hit by, like, a piece of dust and you're you're done. Which, I love that in the three-body problem, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. Where they're like, well, we're going to lose half our fleet to dust. The Trisolarans on their way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And they kind of acknowledge that. The the Trisolarans can only do one invasion. Mm -hmm. They only have enough resources so they can't invade anything until they well, know they just, something's there. And they sent their fleet even before they knew where Earth was. I mean, I, that's that's a thing, right? I, I don't remember. Yeah, it was. Yeah. They sent it before they knew exactly how sure. far away it was. Okay. Well, yeah, so it, it gives them the sense that <clears throat> space is vast. You've got one shot at this. Mm-hmm. Or you're, you've kind of or run out of all or your... you're lost. Yeah, you lost you, you in lose. space. <laughs> yeah, that's actually... That was actually the... My favorite theory, or like m- the most plausible theory to me. So, so you shared mine. Thank you. Okay, now your oh. fun one. Um, I I think there's some sort of great filter, and I and I hope that it's gamma bursts <laughs> that the center of the Ooh. galaxy just erupts with like black holes collapsing and stuff, and so all life in the in the galaxy is periodically just like fried, and we just fall over. Wow. Yeah. Ouch. And it's like Thanos snapping. <laughs> Oh, but more in thorough. that last Marvel movie. Yeah, that's a spo- spoiler alert. Oops. If you haven't Ooh. seen it, that's on you. It's the hotness. I guess it's not the last Marvel movie because the last one was Ant Man. Okay, the this is a book podcast. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I started it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Well, my next, my next. Uh, discussion question that I wrote down. I feel like we're going through these really fast, you guys. Well, you can look maybe, at the time. Maybe you guys can... We'll look, try to drag it out a little up, bit. Oh, we've been going for 40 minutes. You want to talk about oh, Marvel okay. movies? Well, yeah, but... Alright. I think 20 minutes of that we was... We want to talk about what, Brock? Chatting at the I said, time. do you want to talk about Marvel movies? No. What? <laughs> I thought Ant-Man and You're the Wasp considering was it. merely okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's my... Here, Here's my next question. Did anybody suspect Ye Wenji was capable of, of doing that? Like y- that yes. she was the one who did it? Yes. How about you, Brock? Did you see that coming? Yeah, I think I did. Dang it. I think that she... I didn't. She had me fooled. <laughs> she had that in her, in her past. She was, she was uh, capable of such things. I think so. I think I saw it. So here's my reasoning for why I think I saw that coming. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of the themes of this book, and maybe I haven't finished the whole trilogy. I don't know if I will, to be honest. But um, I think one of the themes of this book is just mutual distrust mm-hmm. and the way that we turn people um, into less than they should be. Mm-hmm. And Sad. the reason that, that we have to be so mistrustful in sort of this sociological game theory thing that we do with first contact, the reason it's the best idea to just kill first is because the expectation is that we're all going to be greedy and we're all going to take 
and therefore your opponent is likely to want to kill you, so it's better to kill than cooperate. The whole thing is like a, like, you know... It's a prisoner's dilemma. Yeah, it's a prisoner's dilemma on a galactic survival-based scale. And because of that expectation, everyone knows it, and so they must behave <clears throat> in the selfish manner. I think similarly, um, you see that kind of play out with Ye Wenji's life, that she's treated as a pariah, she's treated as a thing. Um, I mean, everyone in the Cultural Revolution is treated basically as an interchangeable part in a machine to generate this perfect society that they want. And because she's treated that way, the only logical outcome for her is the, the selfish one. Um, I, I thought it was deliberate, and um, I was not surprised by her decision. I was sad. What does she... She's acting selfishly, but what does she get out of it? Do you not think that revenge is a enormous benefit that she's gaining? I think she. I think she's Mine's been a pretty yeah. sad revenge because okay. she she becomes exactly what made her into you know made her into what she is. Yeah. So she so became she gets, a culture she gets revolutionary. She put through this machine that devalues lives. And now she has similarly devalued lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's... And like, in the exact same way, like, right, no, stopping but, science. Right, and making decisions for other people. Yeah. Um, but I think that's really natural, in that systems tend to perpetuate themselves, um, like a, like cycles of abuse, that beca- yeah, because you're abused, you, ab- you feel compelled to abuse, because that's how you have, have seen power operating. Um, and I think the whole story is kind of a, a, a tale of abuse perpetuating itself, both between species and with individuals. Uh, I, I think the whole thing is incredibly tragic. Um, I mean, yeah. so that's my take. I, I thought that the decision of the Trisolarans to destroy Earth and the decision of Ye Wenji to let that happen were both very similar. I thought they were paralleled. Prove me wrong. I love being proven wrong. I'm smiling as I say that. (laughs) I think you're on to something. Yeah. What do you think, Brock? Do you have any other thoughts? I feel like just Dan and I have been talking to each other. It's okay. You guys are smart. Uh, No, I think I think that's uh, yeah. I think that's a good a good take, Uh, and and especially sort of that cycle, uh, that perpetuating. Uh, attitudes about the value of human life you know that she she saw it uh, reduced in value and, and treated as uh, as only you know human human beings treated as as tools or resources resources and she adopted that outlook I mean there's also like since since your question is about if we suspected her, there's also kind of the law of economy of characters going on where it spends so much time introducing her and then it jumps forward to Wang's point of view and it's a different problem that I was like, well, it's got to return to it. I hope he wasn't just wasting our time with all this cultural revolution stuff. <laughs> it was just depressing. I mean, like, if you read a story that like was like, here's the Holocaust and then it jumps into like a crime noir, you'd be like, well, I hope it comes back to that. <laughs> right. It made me feel sad. <laughs> okay, so my next question is for up for discussion is 
um, when they meet for the first time, or the first time that 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 Wang goes to a meeting of the three body problem computer gamers, uh, they have this conversation about the Trisolarans and whether you know whether they feel sympathetic toward them and like how would you feel if they came to Earth? I mean, how plausible do you think it is that 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 many people would actually, you know, have this religious fervor for the Trisolarans? Wow, that's a hard question. I mean, I feel like you can persuade some people of anything. Uh, sure. But they're like, they're like powerful people. They were intelligent, powerful. Maybe that contributes to it, Well-educated people. Um, maybe that <clears throat> contributes to it, because... I feel like every smart person I know sure feels like they should be in charge. <laughs> but I, but they weren't saying that they wanted to be in charge. They were saying they were inviting them to come and kill them. Well, it depends on the group. There's that's two true. Groups. I guess that's true. There were a couple of groups. But I mean, what about the group that was like, yeah, come murder the entire planet of Earth? Well, they were like radicalized environmentalists, basically. So, I thought it was like half and half, though. Wasn't well, no, it? no, no. I agree. But I mean, they're all radicals. But they were, so they were speciesists. So they value all life as equivalent. And because humanity is, ex- is eradicating lives, um, therefore the greatest good is to embrace a species that won't eradicate as many lives. Um, but what? I don't, yeah. But that, that's that Mike species, Evans' perspective. But that species coming will eradicate Oh, no, no, it's a, it's like the whole like you don't need to be nice to a fascist kind of thing because <laughs> because humanity is exterminating like all the species on Earth and they're hoping that the tri this is my take on it I could be wrong I don't know what's going on um, I think they're hoping that the Trisolarans will just kill humanity and then right, make and Earth better yeah they'll value the rest of of life on Earth more than than humanity. Uh, because Mike Evans is a radical environmentalist, isn't he? Right. I don't yeah, really he was, remember. He was, he was in that boring. forest to like save the birds. <laughs> he had a boat. And he had a boat because he was he really have rich. A boat, yes. What do you think, Brock? How plausible is it? I mean, do you know anybody that would be like convinced by this? Don't say their I, name. I, th- <laughs> I think it's my almost good friend, Dave. Uh, I think it's. It's almost like getting proof of God. So I think that there is a there is a plausibility there. Mm. You know, it's getting mm. proof of a, a higher power. You know, literally a higher power. Um, how, my question is, uh, how bad do you think it smelled in that room? <laughs> Why? All these VR gamers. Oh yeah, that, that's true. Packed together. So, probably like. So, uh, probably like. Uh, I've been to Gen Con. That Gen Con. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah. You, you can speak from experience. I once stood in line at Fantasy Flight oh Games gosh. for two hours next to a dude with severe tooth rot. Ew, oh, sick. yep, boy, yeah, that was fun. Okay. We are bugs, man. <laughs> <We> <laughs> Seriously, really dude, just shower and get some banaka. <laughs> or brush your teeth. You know, well, one of you those. Know. One of those. Maybe it was over brushing. <laughs> the time for brushing had passed. It sounds like. Um, 
Uh, well, my my last discussion is maybe just maybe it's, I, I guess I didn't come up with very good discussion questions. I feel like these are good. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Uh, the last one is um, how about what do we think about these sofons? Were they just totally op? Like it was the Deus Ex Machina of the aliens? They're like Deus Ex Trisolaria. Yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> Create these magical. So for me, that's when the it really went into fantasy. Shoot them off into space. I thought they really somehow surround the Earth, and yet they're tiny and can be all over. And they're the ones who put the time stamps on all the photos. And in your eyes, yeah, and in your eyes. And made the universe flicker, and yeah, all that, uh, all that fun stuff. I mean, it. I guess it is a really a tidy and convenient way of uh, sort of writing off the 400 years that would have passed. Because, you know, you think about how far we've come in the last 100 years, and if we had 400 years to prepare, you know, things would be would be very different. We would kick their tri-asses. That's the exactly right. Trisolarses. <laughs> very good. Got it in two. Let's see if we can get that to sound smooth. <laughs> They're try some larses. Yeah, arson. Okay. I'm trying to say yep. arson there. <clears throat> All I right, mean, it was back pretty, to being serious. It was pretty much implying that, you know, we control you. There's nothing you can do. I mean, I, I got to the end of the book and I was like, well, we're screwed. Why are there two more books? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, they, yeah, this, they can see this, uh, everything. They can hear everything. They can stop our scientific progression. I mean, we're, they, we're dead. What's the point of reading this book They jump around somewhere? the world at the speed of light. Yeah. You know, there's no there's They're no multiplying. There's a whole exactly. there's already of a ton of them. Yeah, speed of light is fast, too, you guys. I don't know if you knew that. But <laughs> it's pretty fast. I was looking into it, and I was like, so, it can't be that it, fast. So a particle can go at the speed of light around the Earth seven times in one second. Isn't that the speed of light? 186,000 miles per second. But yeah. Isn't it that a it particle can go seven nice. times around the Earth in one second or something like that? Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty fast. If it's, Maybe I made if that it's 186,000, that's, that's more than seven times, I think. Well, I don't know. It's pretty, I mean, it's, in terms of things that are fast, it's up there. It's pretty fast. <laughs> There's only a couple things that are faster, really. You know? The Flash. That, that we know of, right? <laughs> space. Here we are back on the Marvel. No, it's, it's mostly space, isn't it? That space is expanding faster than light. Oh, okay. Anyway. That's astrophysics nonsense, though. We don't know. Oh, that was my other theory. I don't think that... We're in a hologram. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, Matrix. Yeah, so we're just in a simulation. Cool. We're all just (gasps) semi-sentient bubbles. We just had deja vu. That sometimes kiss. Why can't they just give us aliens in our simulation? Well, maybe that's not what they're trying to simulate. Why can't the aliens give us aliens? Maybe yeah. maybe they're like, how would these creatures breed if we gave them these weird bits? Maybe <laughs> we have already had contact with extraterrestrial um, beings because yeast exists, right? Oh, interesting. Why yeast? Yeast is like not, there's like nothing else like it. And octopuses exist. <laughs> oh, Brock, I love you that you said octopuses. That's well, the, that's very that grammatically is the correct, correct pluralization. Yeah, yeah. or okay. octopoda. Yes, but I don't have a 
I don't have enough of a degree to pronounce it that way. Octopoda. Yeah. There we go. Now we're getting somewhere. Okay. Anybody else have anything that they wanted to discuss or talk about? I wanted to talk about the, the Wikipedia page for this book and how I, I went over there when I was making some progress in the book and I and I was glancing at the uh, the plot uh, you know and it's pretty long it's several paragraphs it's pretty dense paragraphs and I was two I was 175 pages into the book and I read the first four sentences in the in the plot and I said well that's as far as I can read because that's because you read as far as you got <laughs> that's all I've read so far uh, the 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 uh, the four sentences on the plot cover the first 250 pages of oh this book. <laughs> now, What's later on, later on on the Wikipedia out. page, they do talk about the three-body video game. So it's just that it's out of order. It's it's mm. in chronological rather than book order. But uh, mm. I was starting to think, what in the world is going to happen in wow. this book? And I'm only four <laughs> sentences in. <laughs> That's funny. Is that oh, a commentary on how slow this book can be? Yeah, I yes. Let's, yeah, let's say I'm wondering yes, how long it, it would have taken me to read this if we weren't reading it for this under time podcast. pressure. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it, I but at it, the same time, it was but, um, it was kind of. So what? That's a good question of discussion. What dragged for you? <laughs> Uh, for me, it's the it's the video game. Yeah, as soon as it switched to Wang Mao, I was like, wait, I liked reading about Ye Wenji. Yeah, I liked yeah. her a lot. Video game definitely was... Because I, <laughs> I recently read Ready Player One, and I was not interested <laughs> in reading any more of that. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, no, Dan, you should read it. You should check that I'm one good. out. I'm uh, good. It's just a matter of time. I'm yeah, sure it's wonderful. It'll happen to you at some point. I love the eighties. That's where you're. That's where you're from. <laughs> I guess so. I didn't like being a kid. So sure. Okay. We were only in the eighties for like two years. What? <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. You're a little older than that. I guess everyone fights over trying to sound younger than they are. So I'm not gonna. I'm not yeah, that's give fine. You a guff about it, I guess. Let that one slide. So, uh, any any other? Dan, did you have anything you wanted to discuss? No, I th- I think this was good. I've got some. Uh, I've got a reader comments. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So now, so now that we, uh, now that you know what we think, let's uh, find out what our listeners think. Okay, so we had four Twitter uh, comments. Um, I think that's just amazing that we even had any. That's awesome. Yeah, so no one emailed us. Probably which because is, of you, Dan. Nah. Uh, well, it might have been. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, tweeted, awesome. I tweeted about it this week. Um, so we have four comments. We can we can read these one at a time and discuss them if we want. So the first one comes from Tim Fowers. Hi, Tim. Of <gasps> Fowers Games. Ooh. Oh, what a nice guy. Famous for Burgle Bros. Brock, Brock brought back Burgle Bros. That's true. Brock brought back Burgle Bros. To our bungalow. I certainly did. There's a story there. <laughs> it's super involved, though, so I won't tell it. He borrowed it and then brought it back. 
Yeah, um, the story is is the sentence. Then Brock brought back Burgle Bros. Then Brock brought back Burgle Bros. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we should do that to warm up for the air. So Tim That's Fowers, who currently has a game on Kickstarter named Sabotage, um, he says... That's a nice plug. I know. <laughs> well, he, well, he, <laughs> he sent us a comment. Um, he says, super imaginative definitely feels like it's a different cultural worldview in its tone and pacing. The reveals explain everything, but the seams show. Curious about the rest of the series, but not sure I want to take the time. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So you, I, I'd say that's accurate. I'm enjoying the second book. Oh, really? Well, the tra- so the translation is, I think, smoother. different. I think that the character is more interesting that I've met. The whole concept is pretty cool, actually, mm. uh, of what's going on. Um... So I won't I won't spoil anything, but the idea is that the governments of Earth now have certain specialists called wall facers, whose entire job is to come up with plans to try to stop this invasion, even though it's still like three hundred and eighty years away, um, because the Sophons can't read their thoughts. Mm. But the but the fifth column groups the you know the infiltrators they have like wall breakers i think i can't remember what they're called i think it's wall breakers who their their whole thing is trying to decode the plans of these wall facers so the wall face wall facers so so like the governments are like okay you guys are in charge of creating plans to defeat the Trisolarans. And they're, like, all in code? Well, yeah, so they so, can't, like, draw pictures? Well, yeah, because any, any communication that they make will be detected by the Sophons. So you, and, and they're like, okay, so the whole government, whatever you say, we will do. Um, so come up with a plan, and then you have executive power to m- put it into action. Yeah. And, wow. and we won't question it. And so, <clears> at least <throat> that's my understanding, having just read a little bit. And so it's kind of a cool idea, because that it's all about the wall facers versus the kind of Mike Evans group survivors trying to, like, break through their defenses or kill them off if they seem like they have a good plan. Yeah. And um, so kind of this point and counterpoint and espionage. and So I think that's a way cooler idea than anything. Yeah, um, that's good. So, so maybe this first book was just a setup book for this cooler idea. Well, one thing I thought was cool about this book, so, and I want, so usually... What's up with all these setup in books? First, tell the story. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, <laughs> so, so usually first contact stories start with first contact, and then it, it, then it turns out first contact sucks. In this one, it basically, the first contact doesn't even really happen. Like, the alien invasion... Is still it still hasn't happened. We've never seen a Trisolaran. We don't know what they look like. We don't really know much about their culture. Uh, we know they turn into like little coin pouches when it gets hot. They have eyes. Maybe they are super faceted mirrors. Yeah, like they have eyes. That was a suggestion. About, you know, when they're creepy sofon that wasn't a sofon yet turned into eyeballs. Well, yeah, or, or that there's other species on their planet that evolved to have eyes, so they understood what that. I don't know. So we just don't know much about them. Right. Yeah. So and there was there hasn't even been the invasion yet. So uh, Okay, so that's Tim Fowers. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Uh, next is Isaac Shalev. I might be saying that incorrectly. He says, I think the book and the series more generally is a spiritual successor to H.P. Lovecraft. 
Interesting. And I can see that. So H.P. Mm. Lovecraft is the whole idea that, of cosmic horror, that humanity is insignificant, and that the instant we can actually peer into space, we will want we're to retreat. Be, we're we be go mad. Yeah. Out. We want to retreat back into our shell because, holy crap, it's scary out there. Um, and we will die. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, I like that. That's what do you think, Brock? Yeah, yeah. The, and sort of the unknowable, you know, these these aliens that are for lack of a better word completely alien you know they have un unknown physiology and they're just they have no regard for uh, for our existence yeah i think that's a, yeah, a cool that's take true horror i think where it falls apart yes. is that the bad aliens aren't defeated by like a plucky pi Right. You know. Yeah. Is that what happens in Lovecraft? Wait, what? <laughs> or in Lovecraft's imitators. Oh, okay. I was going like, to say that doesn't happen where in it's Lovecraft. Like, but... Well, sometimes it kind of does, where like this horrible cosmic thing happens and they like, run a boat into it or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it has been so. I'm much. not up on my Lovecraft, um, so that might not be from him. Maybe that's from August Derleth. I don't know. Um, his, his tend to end pretty bleak, I think. Yeah. There's more uh, madness. Yeah, like somebody Insanity. somebody interbreeds with the wrong race. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm not supposed to call out H.P. Lovecraft's Messy. silly racism. Okay, next is Brad Ward. Hi, His, Brad. Hi, Brad. He says, the Panama Canal equals awkward. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite what comment. Is, I, I saw that comment, is, and I wasn't sure exactly. What does he mean by like, that? I mean, it. It's gruesome, but was it awkward? I think in terms of its pacing and everything, I thought it was kind of awkward. Oh, but maybe okay. that's not what he means. That's what I assumed. Well, so early, so earlier we were talking about how the Panama Canal is actually very, very busy. and that. I mean, there's still space between boats. I guess you could hoist up your boat-killing wire. <laughs> so I, if I remember correctly, they... They described it as the the towers were laid down and all the wires were sort of dangling into the water, so boats were passing over the top. Yeah, of them. and would then it they cut raised the water? them up. But yeah, what, <gasps> would, what would it do to the water? What would it do to the water? I don't think it would do anything. But what would a nanofiber do to water? <laughs> well, you think if it cut anything, it would just like do some testing. Like super it is water. simple yeah. molecule. It is water. Water goes. Water can get cut pretty. It bounces back. I mean, I'll do it now. What about all those poor fish? Do fish live in yeah, the Panama fish, that's Canal? Another. Well, I'm sure they migrate in with the boats. No. Wouldn't they? Those poor guys. They probably, yeah. They probably some get some innocent fish lives in were lost. You could probably <laughs> fish in the Panama Canal. You might get, like, weird... <laughs> like... Oil, oil fish. Oil yeah. fish. Yikes. Like, don't, don't eat this fish. Kind of like half of America's tuna, it'll give you that bad oily discharge. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't think I've ever had tuna like that, so I'm not sure where that comes from. The oily Maybe I just tuna? always buy the right tuna. Well, that might be a Dan issue. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things that give me an oily discharge. <laughs> okay. Aren't you glad that we're in love? Next, Michael Burdick says, "You're looking over my shoulder." No, I'm sorry. Okay, Michael Burdick. This is supposed to be a surprise. Michael Burdick says. The third act, to me, felt like the author forgot the end of the book and was... Oh, forgot the end of the book was coming up and was like, ah, shaz, gotta explain everything. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
Okay, I 100% agree. When it switches to the Trisolaren point of view, and I was like, wrote yourself what? into a corner, huh? Right. Like Wang, because Wang's not going to figure anything out, <laughs> <laughs> despite magically yes. figuring out this three sun problem. Yeah, I guess we'll just show the other planet. Um, yeah, I thought it was a little jarring when all of a sudden it was like. And now here are the transcripts from the Trisolarian planet. And then you start reading it, and you're like, wait, how could this be a transcript that no, they, this like, is just what they did. us? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's, like, yeah, that's private conversations bizarre. between their grand ruler yeah, and their and scientist, where he's like, I'm, I'm going to dehydrate you into a coin pouch if you don't, <laughs> if you don't get those things programmed. And I'm like, the Trisolarians felt this was important information to convey to Mike Evans. Yeah. Well, and the yeah, and the guy al- alone in his cell, like that was how magnanimous was of them to share down. this information yeah, with appreciate us. Appreciate that. <laughs> so, how did you guys? Ju- this just came up to me. Um, how did you guys feel about the listener of uh, listening post? I don't remember the number thirty-seven, twelve, or whatever. Yeah. How did you feel about that guy? I feel like he is the sole hero of the yeah. story. Yeah. What a good guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the only... Uh, well, I don't noble. know. The the cop, the cop, even though he's kind of rough around the edges, is kind of a hero. Because he like, he's like, you guys, get your act together. We can still do something about this. Yes, Stop being... Get your poop in a group, you it, guys. Yes, and Wang is very brave. And his mother will tell him that. As often as he needs to No, not to Wang, it. the police. Are. He's a hero, Wang. Mm. I wish he would stop making jokes about his name. It's because his name is Meow. <laughs> I always just said Mel when I read his name. How oh. did you say it, Brock? Did you uh, look up how I say it? I said it in my. I said it in my head, so it was just this guy. Wang Meow. Yeah, it's Meow. Wang Meow. That's what I do when I read Russian novels. And I'm like, this guy. The guy with R at the RK, start of his name. Yeah. Raskolnikov. I was just going to say that. Except for his name's easy to remember because it's throughout. Yeah, he's the only one that's easy. <laughs> Alright, those are all the reader emails. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for uh, doing that. I guess I'll plug it. That if anyone wants to contribute... They can email, or they, I guess they can tweet me, that worked. But you can email spacebiffbookspace at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Yeah, you can also tweet us uh, at Dan Thoreau, and I am at Brockstar, uh, at B-R-O-C-K-S-T-4-R, because I love, I just love Leet Speak. You can't you can't tweet Somerset though. Sorry, I'm not on that. I'm not on that train. Yeah, that's all right. She gets dogs. Not missing anything. <laughs> uh, so I think we'll we'll wrap things up. Thank you, Dan and Summer. Thank you. Thank you, uh, loyal listener, for joining us for the Space Biff Book Space. Next month uh, is Summer's choice. Uh, Summer, could I trouble you? for next month's book? Oh, it would be my pleasure. I have chosen for our group to read Six Wakes. Wake Six? What's it called? Six Wakes. Six Wakes. Mer Lafferty. <laughs> By Mer Lafferty, a contender for the Hugo this year. Yeah. I've already started Excellent. it. It's very, in- it's, very, it's very intriguing. 
got a nice cover. It does. Does it? Yeah. Kind of freaky. Oh. You can you can tell how I choose my books. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. You do judge the book by its Looks cover. Looks nice. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's there for. Awesome. So if anyone wants to join in on our discussion topics or comments, you can read along with us this next month. And how. Uh, and, yes. And please subscribe to us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, email us with any questions or comments or a third thing. Thanks. Bye. Adios. Bye.